everybody. My name is Bill Kiefer, and I want to welcome you to our podcast, Practical Wisdom from the Word of God. I believe the Bible is a book that God gave to us that's full of insights, wisdom, promises, and many other things that help us live daily life. So join me for the next few minutes as we look into the Word of God to find that practical wisdom we need today. Should the enemy try to condemn our fight, his righteousness will Well, praise God and welcome again to Practical Wisdom from the Word of God. My name is Bill Kiefer, and we're going to get into God's promises today and see something that's going to help us live life as we have to live it in this world where we are right now. Praise God. Merry Christmas, by the way, if you're listening uh, when I'm anywhere near when I'm putting this up. Uh, It is Christmas time, and we want to wish you a blessed, merry Christmas. You can have a happy holiday, too, but let's not forget, this is not about Santa Claus. This is not about the presents. I believe the presents that we give should be a, uh, a manifestation of our thanksgiving for the present that God gave. We're going to be like our Father uh, on uh, the 25th of December and give good gifts to those that we love. But it's about Jesus. It's about the fact that God sent a Savior into the world. And we're going to try and get another post up this week that'll have a little bit more Christmas to it. But if not this week, maybe early next week. You know how the holidays can be. Hallelujah. We've been talking about something that I think is uh, a direction in my life uh, for the year 2022. I, I really believe that God set time into motion. I believe that it was God's idea to have years. You know, there are a lot of people who say, well, it doesn't make any difference, 21, 22, it doesn't make any real difference. But, you know, God said that he set the sun, the moon, the stars, all those celestial things up there to give light on the earth for days and weeks and months and years. And I believe God knows what year it is. Hallelujah. You say, well, it's, you know, it's not 2022 on the Hebrew calendar. You know what? God doesn't really need to have the Hebrew calendar or the, the Julian calendar that we use. He knows what it is. He knows what time it is, and he knows what day it is. And in our living, in our cycles of life, as we practice them, he knows we're coming up on another year. And I believe he has a plan and a purpose for 2022. A little hard to discern that for 2020 and 2021, although I've talked about the what I believe he said in those two years. But this year, I believe God wants us to understand something. And that is, if you're born again, if you are a Christian, and I'm not talking about a Baptist, Methodist, Catholic, or any of those things, or even uh, our church is called Living Word, even a Living Wordian. I'm talking about if you are a believer in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and by doing that, you're giving him your life, hallelujah, then every sin you have ever committed has been forgiven. But more than that, Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we are new creatures in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I believe that when that happened to you and me, that we received a tremendous potential to live life both effectively, to live life blessedly, to be all that God's called us to be to our friends, our family, to our community, to our husbands, wives, and children, to our job. I believe you 
you are full of tremendous potential. Now, we apply that to special things like sports and even maybe intelligence or education or, or, or uh, gifts and talents, those kind of things. But I want you to know you have a p- tremendous potential to be the person that God created you to be and to have an effect and impact in the life and in the place where you live your life. Hallelujah. So in studying that, we've talked about a number of things. One of the things that I've been focusing on uh, really since Thanksgiving is the idea that giving of thanks or a, a lifestyle that is dominated by Thanksgiving is one of the prerequisites, prerequisites, you say that three times uh, quickly, that we need in our lives in order to release that potential that God has in us. Potential is only good when it's released. And so we, in 2022, I want to release more of God's potential in me and get it out into my life and into my community than I ever have before. So that's what we're talking about. And in developing this idea of Thanksgiving, uh, we found out a number of things that Thanksgiving is not, for a Christian anyway, it's not just a response uh, to good things happening, but I believe that as we give thanks, it also draws good things to us. And so in Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through uh, seven, but we're we'll concentrate on verse six today. But we've been talking about some things that God says we can do. Paul's writing these things to us, and he says, "Here are some keys into cultivating and developing Thanksgiving in your life." And when I say keys, I want to make something clear. I'm not talking about you got to do this in order to earn God's approval or earn God's blessing. No, I'm talking about putting ourselves, developing in our lifestyle things that will cause us to see the the character of God developed in my life. The more I'm like him, the more that potential can come out. In Galatians chapter 5, Paul says something interesting, and he talks about the fruit of the Spirit and the works of the flesh. Now, I, I think it's it's telling, it's significant that he uses the term fruit where the Spirit is concerned. And there's two reasons that's important. Now, he talks about the works of the flesh, and he talks about these things being sinful, about them being not lawful. But he says concerning the fruit of the Spirit, number one, they're fruit. And I believe that that's important for us to understand that they're not the fruit of our flesh. They're not the fruit of even our own life. They're the fruit of of the Spirit. Number one, the Holy Spirit of God, and number two, our spirit that has been recreated in the image and likeness of God. So I have these fruits. What are these fruits? They're like love, things like love, joy, peace, long-suffering, all those kind of wonderful things that that if we have them in our lives, we're going to find that they will be channels for the potential of God, but they're ours. I have them because I'm born again. But the interesting thing is he also says that against these fruits, there's no law. There's nothing that can keep these things from happening or from uh, when we have them, there's nothing that will, uh, that, that, that will hinder them from coming forth. And, and when we have them working in us, we'll find out that sin is not really a big problem. There's no law that's needed when the fruit is manifesting. But what do you have to do in order to see fruit manifest? There are things you have to cultivate. There are actions you have to go through. When you plant a seed, the fruit is in the seed, but you've got to cultivate that seed. You've got to water that seed. And I believe where the fruit of the Spirit is concerned, when we talk about the keys, things like we're going to look at here in Philippians chapter 4, we're talking about things that help us cultivate 
cultivate the fruit of the Spirit, the things of God in our life, so that we become increasingly a greater channel for who He is and what He's made us. And like when we see those fruits manifested, you know, if, if you got corn, if you got, we don't think of corn as a fruit, but uh, let's use corn. If you've got corn, and you got corn in the ear, you got corn, right? But it takes some work to get that corn to manifest. You plant the fruit in that corn is everything that, uh, corn seed is everything that the corn can be, should be, will be, put in apple seed or orange seed, whatever, but you have to plant it, you have to cultivate it, you have to make sure the soil is right, you have to make sure the conditions are right. And so when we talk about these keys, I want you to understand, we're talking about what we can do And we don't need to wait for the move of God. We don't need to wait for other things to happen. We don't need to wait for God to say something special necessarily, although he might. But we have things we can do on purpose that will cultivate the right attitudes, the right conditions for us to fulfill that potential. And we're looking at what can we do to cultivate Thanksgiving? A couple of things very quickly, just in review. I'm addicted to review. Sorry about that. Uh, but I think it's important that we know what we're talking about. The first two things that we looked at uh, from Philippians chapter 4 were the fact that, uh, number one, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. We need to cultivate an attitude and a lifestyle of rejoicing in order to cultivate a lifestyle of thanksgiving. What is rejoicing? It's really the actions behind our thanksgiving or that we by which we display our thanksgiving or that we're happy about anything, but we can rejoice. When we are thankful, when something good happens, we rejoice. We say, thank God, we're happy. Oh, this is wonderful. Well, why don't we do that when we don't see anything? <laughs> Hallelujah. So we can Take an attitude of rejoicing, even when we don't see things to rejoice for, but we can rejoice just because Jesus is in my life. We can rejoice for, uh, and I guarantee you there are things we can find, just like when we talked about Thanksgiving. There are things around you that you can give thanks for, and so let it be rejoicing. Thank God for his, uh, his presence in my life. Thank God for what I do have. Thank God. Just thank God. Hallelujah. I rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Hallelujah. That's a an old song we used to sing. And so we need to rejoice on purpose. The more we rejoice, the more we release thanksgiving. The second thing was a little bit different. It said, let your uh, gentleness be known unto all men because the Lord is at hand. See, as I meditated on that, I thought, how does that develop joy? Well, every time I go to God and thank him, I mean, every time, excuse me, every time when I'm in front of other people, that's what I mean to say, my watch made a little noise and distracted me. Sorry about that. Every time I'm, I'm, I, I'm in front of people, if I think about how God has dealt with me and I treat them the same way, with gentleness, with with openness, with uh, uh, with, to, and, and in a way that's appropriate to who you're talking to, God says that as we do that, because He's there, I'm remembering that Jesus is there. I'm remembering uh, what He's done in my life, and so in uh, in this we see that. And I wrote this down. I think this is good. With every demonstration of kindness to others, thankfulness is reinforced. In us, I think that's important to developing a Thanksgiving lifestyle. Now, 
As we close in on Christmas, I want to take a few minutes to look at uh, at verse 6, and, and we'll probably mention verse 7, but not get into it deeply. But in verse 6, we see something else. It says, be anxious for nothing. Uh, the old King James says, be careful for nothing. Uh, we got into for a while, and we don't need to be dogmatic about this, but I don't think it's a bad thing either. When people would say to me, well, just take care, brother. I'd say, thank you. I don't want any care. I cast my care on Jesus. And, you know, you can get a little bit extreme with that, but inwardly, we need to know that. I, I don't necessarily, I'm not going to, you know, give anybody a hard time for saying, take care to me, but I'm going to remember my own heart. I don't need to do that. Hallelujah. Paul says, don't be anxious. Don't take care about anything. And we might say it this way. Don't worry about anything. Well, you know, from my point of view, that that's easy to say, but a little bit harder to do because it seems like we have a lot of things to worry about today. Now, I've told you in this pace before that uh, my mother was a worrier. Uh, God bless her. She got saved and is, is with the Lord right now, not worried about a thing. But uh, growing up in her home, uh, she kind of she helped me learn to be a worrier. And so it's something I have to deal with. I have to be careful of because worry, one thing that we know about worry is that it doesn't do any good. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, you can add an inch to your height by worrying about it. And I, I've always latched onto that because I'm not very tall. And I used to play basketball. And boy, it would have been nice to be 6'2 or 6'3 or 6'5. But I was only 5'7 or 5'8. It depends on who you talk to. I say 5'8. My wife says 5'7. She's probably right. But at any rate, I wanted to be taller. But worrying about it, thinking about it, didn't do any good. What is worry really? When you think about worry, worry is meditation in or thinking about or dwelling upon something that has not yet happened. If you're facing something today, you might worry about it. But once it's happened, you can't worry anymore. Why? Because it's happened. It's reality now, and you may have to you may worry about whether it's going to happen again, or you may worry about how to deal with what did happen, but you can't worry about that thing anymore because it's happened. Worry is meditation in what we think might happen. Uh, and very often, sometimes in our lives, there are reasons to think that way. Uh, maybe there's there's some financial expense that's pressing on you, and, and there needs to be a result, and you need to, to get that money, you need to get that bill paid. And so there's there may be reasons to think about the what-ifs of what might happen. Uh, maybe there's an issue in relationships or anything else. You, you fill in the blanks. You know what I'm talking about. So sometimes there's a reason to worry. But I reiterate what Matthew says or what Jesus says in Matthew in the, uh, I mean in the Sermon on the Mount that worry doesn't do any good. Worrying about it will not help you. And so worry is the meditation on what we think might happen. And more often than not, and I think if you're honest with yourself, certainly in my life, I tend to think about all the possibilities of bad things that could happen even when I have no proof, no evidence, no reason to think they will happen. Many of us worry about things that are so far in the future that, that we couldn't deal with them now anyway. But we let that record, we let that tape play in our mind over and over and over again. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if the money doesn't come in? What if my kid, you know, uh, I don't, I don't want to get into a controversial here, but in Job, uh, the Bible says that Job kept going to God 
uh, for the, the over and over again about he was worried about his kids. What if my kids mess up? God, I, I, I don't want my kids to mess up. And then when they did mess up, God says, the thing which you greatly feared came upon you. Well, you know, Job was worried about the kids messing up, but they hadn't messed up yet. And so in our lives, many times, things have not happened. Many times we're worrying about stuff so far in the future, we get all stressed out. We get all, our minds are all full of this, this negativity and, and it's not happened. It's not going to happen. It's not imminent that it will happen. There's nothing going on at this point in time, but we know that there's a possibility out there somewhere that, uh, that it, something bad could be coming. Many of us right now are worried about COVID. Uh, there's a whole nother flow of that. And can I just say to you that what we're talking about right here is a better solution to COVID than worry. I, I, I don't care whether you get vaccinated or wear masks or anything like that. You do what, what you feel right doing, and that's fine with me. Uh, I'll do what I feel right doing. But I know one thing, if I wear a mask, I'm going to do it by faith. If I get vaccinated, I'm going to do it by faith. I'm not going to be trusting in a mask or a vaccination. I'm going to trust in God and then do what I feel God is leading me to do. But so at any rate, again, this worry, it's this thing that runs around in our mind. There's something that Jesus says also in Matthew chapter 6, and and there's a couple of different ways. In the New King James, it says, we should not worry saying. In the Old King James, I think it's even more clear in a way. He says, take no thought saying. And so there's something about giving voice to what's going on in our heads. We can't always stop what's going on on in our heads uh, by just saying uh, or or thinking against it. Uh, One of the keys that we will talk about or touch on in a moment is you need to think about the promises of God and replace the worry thoughts with the promises. But another thing Jesus is saying here is we're giving power to these worrying thoughts Uh, by saying them all the time. The more we say them, the more we reinforce them to ourselves. Have you ever noticed how hard it is not to say them? When you're you're bothered or worried about something, it's like there's this inward pressure that you want to tell somebody. And if you're not telling somebody, you want to tell, speak it to yourself or just whatever, but there's this pressure to say it. Well, let me say something else. Worry and thanksgiving cannot occupy the same space at the same time. How do I deal with worry? Well, you know, this may seem simple, particularly today when there seems to be so much to worry about. But one of the things that we learn here is if I'm going to deal with worry, I need to replace the worry with thanksgiving. That's the whole point. The more I give thanks to God, the more I'm thankful for what I do have, the less power worry has over me. So when we say things, when you know, we 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 we're, we have this inward pressure to say things. What if when we were going to say something like, I don't understand how God's going to do it. I just, uh, boy, there's all this pressure. I don't know how God's going to get the money to me. What if we just made a choice? And I'm just saying a choice. We don't need the Holy Ghost to come upon us. We just choose in our own heart and mind to say, you know what? 
I thank God that God is moving. I thank God that he's He's taken care of me in the past. I thank God that he's going to take care of me today. Lord, I just thank you for your goodness. I thank you that you're here with me. One of the things Jesus says that, uh, that uh, gives us criterion for why we don't need to worry is Jesus says in the 32nd verse of Matthew 6, your father, uh, the Gentiles seek all these things, and, and those things that he's talking about are food and clothing and shelter, things we can be worried about, right? And so he says, your, the, the Gentiles seek all these things. Those who don't know God seek all these things. But your father, oh, hallelujah, your father knows that you have need of these things, and the implication is he's going to take care of it. No need to worry. Just trust in the Father. Just thank him. And so to defeat worry, how are we going to defeat worry in our lives? I believe this scripture, this section of scripture, these verses give us a good idea of how to do that. It says in Philippians 4, 6, don't worry about anything. Okay, God, that's easy for you to say, not so easy for me to do. But he follows us up, follows it up with something, and that is, but in everything, by prayer, in everything, by prayer. So much of the time, we look at prayer as kind of a last resort. Well, God, when all else fails, let's pray. How about if we start by praying and all else won't fail? Hallelujah, because all else will be bathed in the, our, our connection and our relationship with God. Prayer is about communication. It's about God talking to you and you talking to God. And so Paul says, listen, don't worry, but instead, instead of worry, instead of allowing all these worry thoughts to be in our heart and mind, don't worry, but instead pray. And pray about what? He says, pray about everything, in everything. In the Amplified, it says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything, every circumstance, everything, whatever we're facing and when we face it, not after we've already made such a mess of it trying to do it ourselves, but let's go to God to start with and say, God, here's this challenge. Here's this, this worry thought that's in my mind. Lord, is this something I need to deal with now? And Father, I thank you. I'm going to pray about this thing. I'm going to pray about it, and I'm going to believe you. And then he says that, that we should pray specific requests. And the Amplified comes out that way. But in every circumstance and everything, by prayer and petition, the New King James and Old King James uses supplication. There is a type of prayer where we just get before God and we can fellowship with Jesus and we can pour out our heart to him and we can share with him what we're dealing with and how we feel. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's not the kind of prayer this is talking about. This is the prayer of supplication and petition. And the, the uh, Amplified uh, defines petition as definite requests. He says, listen, when you want to worry, go to God with some definite requests. Now, where do those requests come from? I don't believe they just come from our natural mind. I think if we want to make requests of God, we need to know what God says we can request. Did you hear me? If you're going to make a request from God, you need to know what God says you can request. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 uh, that all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. We have been given great and precious promises. We talked about this before. If we're going to make requests known of God, let's go to his word. 
not just seeking out the promises, but the more we build his word into our heart, the more we read it, the more we meditate on it, the more we know what he's like. It reinforces on the inside of us everything that, that the, the worry thoughts coming from the world and coming from our mind tell us to be true, meditating it on the word of God, building the word of God, thinking about the word of God comes against all those outward things and confirms in us and strengthens in us what we know God to be, who we know God is, that the Father does know we have need of these things. And then because he says make re- uh, specific requests and because he's given us promises, we find out what he said about the circumstance. Maybe it's a, a physical healing. Maybe it's financial situations. Maybe it's relationship. Let me tell you something. Everything in your life is covered in the Bible, in the Word of God. Now, there may be specifics of the situation that are not uh, that are not covered, but they are all covered in principle, and there is a promise for every problem. There is a there is a direction for every time that we feel lost. It's all there in the Word of God. So we should go to the Word, and once we go to the Word, then we uh, then we come to Him when we feel that anxiousness, when we feel that care and worry coming upon us. We bring it to Him, and we thank Him. Uh, I got ahead of myself a little bit. We bring it to Him. We bring specific request to him that will counteract what we're worried about. Now, how do we bring them? And this is where we get back to Thanksgiving. We don't bring them uh, with this attitude. God, I just need you to know how worried I really am. Or God, I just want to share with you how bad this problem is. You you don't seem to understand how bad it is. I'm just going to fill you in on what's going on in my life. How many of you know God knows you're worried and God knows what you're worried about and he knows how bad the problem is? It's also not to go and and kind of come to a place where we 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 got so much in us, we got enough word in us that we can inform God how he's supposed to fix the problem. Here's a promise God, and I'm just telling you this is what I need to work. No, that's not the that's not the purpose of this. God is predisposed to solve your problem. God is predisposed to be a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. But the promises of God make a connection from my inner man to my outer man and from my inner man to the word. The promises of God give us something to focus on while we're waiting for the manifestation. And that brings us to the to the last thing. It says, let your requests, specific requests, definite requests be made known unto God with thanksgiving. If we pray and then then we have something to thank God for. Because we've prayed, and we've prayed according to the Word. So once we pray according to the Word of God, we thank God. Hallelujah. Father, I just bring this request to you. I thank you for your promise that says whatever it is you're you're believing for. And I just thank you that you are working uh, in this promise. You are bringing this promise to pass in my life. Lord, I'm going to leave it up to you how and when and why, even though sometimes I have my my desires, and, and you don't always work according to that. But I thank you that you are my Father. You know what I need. This is what I'm bringing to you. I'm thanking you for this because you said you would do it. And the more we give thanksgiving to him, the more we bring these things in prayer, the more we we put down worry and reject worry by praying and giving thanks to God, the more we're building that thanksgiving lifestyle in our heart. And in the seventh verse, it says this, by doing these things, and the that, that releases something, and he says, Make a request known unto God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. 
as we cultivate thanksgiving, as we pray to God and we thank him and we, uh, we make our requests known to him and we give him thanks for those things, that does something in our heart, in our mind. It begins to clean out our mind from all the worry. It begins to clean out our mind from all the fear. It begins to clean out our mind and our souls and our heart from all of the dread about what's coming. And the more we do that, the more we're developing and cultivating a thanksgiving lifestyle. We've got to pray. We've got to believe. We've got to thank God. We need to come against worry. And as we come against worry, as we reject that, you know, many times we continue to worry simply because we feel like if we're not worried about it, we're not being conscientious. That's a lie from the devil. If you're worried about it and not bringing promises to God and not not uh, going into the word of God and not giving him thanks for doing what he said he'd do, then all you're doing when you're praying is more worrying. Oh God, this is so bad. I don't know how this, I'm never going to get through this. God, I just need your help. Well, he wants to give your help, but you don't need to tell him how bad things are. Can I just share with you, when you went to God is not when he found out. Hallelujah. He knows what's going on. And the promises are not to convince him to do something. The promises are to strengthen us and and solidify that connection so that the potential that's in me begins to flow out to the world. And the more I do that, the more my mind and my heart changes and the more I become a thankful person. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men, for the Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. What a tremendous statement that that section of, of verses in Philippians 4 is to us and in our lives. Let these things grow in us, and let these things develop Throughout 2022, you know, we're not going to just, it's not like we just uh, flip a switch and everything is hunky-dory. But when we get to the end of 2022, I want us to know that we have released more of our inward potential because it's in there. It is in there than we did in 2021. And as we do, we're going to see things happen. We're going to see things happen around us. We're going to see things happen in us. And we're going to see our world not just the whole world. I mean, thank God that God wants to change the whole world, but he wants to change your world and my world. And as we release that potential God has placed in us, in one way being through thanksgiving, then we're going to see changes in 2022. Are you ready? I'm ready. God bless you. Have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. This podcast is an outreach of Living Word International, a division of Intercession Ministries. If you'd like to contact us, please email livingwordintgreen at gmail.com. That's livingwordintgreene at gmail.com. Have a great day.